and a very good morning to you. Oh my God, you're coming out of my speakers. It's all gone horribly wrong. Stand by, stand by. Uh, Technology, what a wonderful thing. Ah, there we go. Right, now speak again, young man. Oh, now I can't hear you at all. That's no good, is it? Hello and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Stu Lennon. How are you doing today, Stu? I'm very well, thank you. Justin, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Stu, busy week for us. We had an Apple event. I have to ask, what's tempting you this week? What's tempting me this week? Well, uh... Apple Card isn't, because you're not allowed that um, outside of the US, so that's no good to me at all. I think Apple TV, maybe. Uh, The one I've got is very um, sort of old. Well, aren't they all? Um, And I quite like the look of the new remote. Mm. Um, And I currently use, whisper it, uh, a Fire Stick as my sort of main TV thing. (gasps) The horror. Well, you know, the interface is better, the remote control works. I mean, you know, I could go on and on. And it cost, well, a fraction of the Apple TV. Uh, but I, I do feel a bit uncomfortable with that lady whose name I shall not mention, uh, theoretically listening to my every word in the, in the living room. Uh, so I'm, I may splash out for one of those, but mm, I, I, I think for, for me, and I'm guessing for you too, Really, that event just was a great sort of teaser for what's to come. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. Lovely design language coming out with the new IMAX. Uh, probably not at a 24-inch enough to get me excited because it's... Uh, actually, if I was looking at the spec page. They're even less than the new laptop I've got uh, because I spec bumped everything on that. Uh, but they're, they're quite pretty with all the seven different colors. I'm mm-hmm. quite excited by colors coming back into a Mac. I mean, I think, Justin, if you're going to do it properly, you probably need to buy all seven. Oh, yes. Um, just have them in the right order. And it'll be, be quite a sight. I mean, that would be some reception desk, wouldn't it? <laughs> Rainbow of Macs as you walked in. I'd, I'd, I'd purchase from that company. Oh, definitely. That would be very nice. So Claire's getting an upgrade, is she? <laughs> steady on, steady on. Good Lord. <laughs> mind, mind my heart, Justin. Sp- spending money. Heavens. <laughs> I know you're a iPad Pro user. Mm. Uh, any temptation with the M1 chip inside the iPad? Uh, but I suppose I'm I, I'm very frustrated with my iPad at the moment, and I, I thought it was kind of only me, but it's not uh, because several well thought of tech podcasts. I think you know the ones I mean. <laughs> uh, have been sort of saying the same things, which is it's an amazing piece of hardware as it is. They're going to make it even more amazing. Now, if only someone would design some software that worked on it, mm-hmm. I, I just get really frustrated with how awkward I find it to do anything on the iPad. Mm-hmm. The one thing I enjoy doing is focused writing 
because you can't do anything else. There's no distraction because it's difficult to multitask, which is the one good use it has, but uh, it's an expensive piece of tech for something that's uh, a high-tech typewriter. Yeah, and I, that was my sort of primary use case for it um, until I got a laptop with a decent keyboard. And then I went, oh, look at this, it's very convenient. You know, it's a, it's a full-size proper keyboard, it's got good travel, and look, the screen just folds down on top. Who would have thought it? Um, whereas my iPad Pro, I've got the smart keyboard and it's, the keyboard is fine, um, but I don't find it very comfortable for for long writing sessions. Mm -hmm. I think the balance is a little interesting on it as well. For sure. A laptop has a lot more flexibility. You know, if you want to take it, drop it anywhere you go, you don't have to worry about your ergonomics as much as on, on an iPad. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So we're saving our money for the next event, which I think is WWDC. Yeah. Well, yeah. When will the next shoe drop? And will I be able to prevent myself from buying a laptop? <laughs> uh, how about the AirTags? Are they uh, tempting you at all? Well, it's an interesting one. The For me, the most obvious use of them would be uh, to attach to my dogs. Oh, that's a good idea. Because uh, certainly uh, Charlie, the Jack Russell, uh, given the opportunity, he he would he would make a break for freedom. He's uh, <laughs> he's an inquisitive little fellow, and he he likes to be out and about. Um, but I think I'm not sure. You can maybe help me here to to get the sort of really really close tracking. I would need to upgrade my iPhone because I'm on an iPhone 10, which I'm not sure can do the sort of really, really close by stuff. So um, to quote ATP, my my iPhone would show me that, yes, the dog was in the house, but it wouldn't show me what room it was in. Yeah, I don't think you have the U1 chip in there, but... Uh, that's the thing, yeah. I can't remember whether the iPhone 10. that's a good Google question, which I'm not going to do because that makes really boring podcasting. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I, that, that would be the use case. So I'll probably wait until Hermes makes... Uh, a dog collar for $7,000 that I can attach an air tag to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. I'll probably pick up a four pack for the family. I'm just thinking keys are the primary thing that uh, would be nice to have one on there uh, without the Hermes uh, key ring, of course. <laughs> yes, the $450 key fob. <laughs> for the $29 uh, part. Yes. Crazy. Well, as, as they said on ATP, no wonder you put an air tag on it. You don't want to lose that $450 uh, piece of leather. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Uh, let's move on from Apple because some people may not be into Apple. Tool of the week. What have you got this week, Stu? Uh, it's kind of a follow-on from last week where I spoke about uh, Inspire, mm -hmm. uh, writing app for Windows that I was teaming up with uh, Ulysses. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was talking to my good friend, you might know him, a fellow called Justin. Um, and we sort of accidentally I'm tumbling into, into a, a workflow that I think you've already got going. So um, I'm really attracted, that's probably the wrong word, but I'm really attracted to Markdown mm -hmm. because of its incredible portability. Uh, Ulysses uh, uses, you know, pretty, pretty faithfully uses Markdown. And it's a lovely way to write because you can, you know, just get on with it really. Um, it, it's the antithesis of Microsoft Word. <laughs> Tiny little menus. So I really enjoy writing in Markdown. I thought, okay, so if I'm going to be experimenting still with this cross-platform of iOS 
macOS and Windows. What can I use that will, will work across all of those platforms that isn't a subscription and that um, won't cost me anything? So by not costing me anything, I mean, is it something that I've already bought and don't use? Or is it a free app? <laughs> already bought and don't use? That doesn't sound like anything I know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you open up the, uh, the applications folder on your Mac, it's amazing the treasures you can find in there. Um, and I found IA Writer, uh, which is... I think it's older than Ulysses. It's got a slightly different approach to Ulysses in, in that it doesn't have a library of its own, particularly. It, it works on your existing files, or you can work it on your existing files. So I have been typing away an IA writer and successfully moving seamlessly from Windows to Mac to iOS. Oh, very nice. So I've been really, really enjoying that. There are still some things I don't understand, and some, some old muscle memory that keeps tripping me up as I do things in a sort of Ulysses fashion. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, for, good news for IA writer, probably not great news for Ulysses because it, I, I'm very much of the mind that when I move, I move and, and everything will go across. Uh, lest I end up with bits and pieces of text spread all across the sort of internet of words <laughs> i try and keep it centralized and just having it in an in a markdown folder uh, you can literally you know you can email it to someone mm -hmm. it's so lightweight fantastic mm -hmm. just really a series of text files yeah 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 what have you been using this week uh so my tool of the week is a belomo 10x triplet loop do you do any fixing of nips any tuning or anything like that? Only very, very light work. So um, I would be nervous of taking on what you're taking on. But mm -hmm. I do, um, you know, occasionally do a little bit of uh, of rubbing down, uh, just a little tweak here and there, maybe you know, opening a tine if I have to. Yeah, I had, uh, so I, I've got the loop because I do like to tune my nibs just a little bit. I'm not a nibmeister or anything weird like that. But I think if you're into fountain pens, this sort of $50 investment, the Belomo 10X triplet loop is a very, very good investment. I've got a less expensive Amazon special loop that I carry in my bag. And this Belomo lives at home and it is so much different. The triplet is a particular type of lens style that really allows you to look closely at your uh, fountain pen nibs and allow you to tune it to align the the tines. The reason I brought it up as a tool for productivity this week, I bought a used pen a couple of weeks ago and I buy quite a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of people like myself that buy a brand new pen when it comes out, find it just really doesn't work for me. And then I'll rehome it, find somewhere that someone that can find a use for that particular pen. And I got a good deal on a, a Leonardo Memento Zero. Uh, the reason, ironically, that I wanted to buy this pen was because Leonardo has switched from Bach, whose nibs I like, to Yovo, which I don't like. And I've had a lot less success with nibs coming out of the box that I haven't had to tune because they're, I just find the quality control is not as good in, in my experience. Oh, wow. 
so this this was a Bach nibbed uh, older pen, and I got it for a fair price, and I got it in, and it's the first time I've been pooched on a used deal. Usually, the fountain pen community is fantastic for if there's a scratch on the cap, they'll tell you about. It. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's this. This one, it looked like somebody had dropped the nip, uh, made it into a do-it-yourself food a nip, so it was turned up, and then perhaps with their thumbnail had sort of bent it back down to uh, where it kind of looked like it might work. Uh, the tines were crushed together at the end. There was a, let's call it a ridge in it. Uh, it was just a terrible, terrible job. So I... Got this in the morning mail. I got it about 10 o'clock. And when the mail comes, I go out, get it. And it was sitting there. And the first thing I did was looked at it because, of course, I wanted to ink it up and write with it. And there's no way this was going to write. And I sat there trying to work for the rest of the day, knowing that this nib was there calling to me, that this was, it was driving me nuts. So I broke out my uh, Belomo. I broke out some of my tools um, luckily I have some other hobbies that have some, uh, flat, uh, pliers and, uh, various other sanding tools and polishing tools. And I've got, um, some brass shims for opening up the nib. And I, I spent about an hour working on this nib and I, I got it perfectly. It's a, it's a very wet flowing fine nib at the moment, mm -hmm. but it is, a process i've never fixed a nib like this before that had quite so much damage to it but it is a absolutely beautiful thing to do and i'm really impressed with both myself and also the ability of understanding how nibs work and what you can do to fix it it's metal so you can bend it back so i have a nice looking pen now the nib is straight it doesn't have that horrible wave in it it writes beautifully and that was really because of this this triplet loop that i had bought i'd only bought it about a couple of months ago i upgraded to this one on the recommendation of a friend from my local pen club and really really good thing so i thought i'd pass that along no very good i um i'm i've got your travel one so i've got an amazon uh, sort of loop which is um uh, it's fine it, it does the job but i i wouldn't like to spend an hour with it if you see what i mean mm-hmm so I've definitely got that on my list. Yeah, the difference between a standard one and the quality one of the Belomo blew me away. And I didn't know until I tried it. Mm, okay, that's good to know. And the other thing is I've learned a new word because I've never heard in English or English English, pooched. <laughs> well, it was one that I didn't have to beep. No, pooched, which I'm assuming means um, seen off. There's a few words for it, but most of them are not very polite. <laughs> for sure. So we won't, we won't use this. Okay, well, that's good. Is, is that a, an American word, a Canadian word, a Justin word? I, it might just be a Justin word. I don't know, actually. Now, you, now, now uh -huh. you're making me think about my words. Oh. Oh, no. Don't start. Don't start that. Once I start thinking about my words, I'll be tongue-tied for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about, we were, we were going to talk about measurements, what we measure how we measure it, why we measure it a little bit. Because if you measure something, your attention's on it, your focus is on it, it gets done. What are your thoughts on measurement? Is that is that accurate? If you measure it, it, it gets focused and it gets done? Or is it something else for you? Mostly, 
yes. I mean, there'll be some caveats later, but uh, the old maxim, if you, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, uh, I think holds true. You know, I think certainly for me, it does bring focus. So the first step for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big chap, so I'm heavy. Uh, and there are various levels of heavy that I'm increasingly less happy with. And the first stage always of me getting down to my, my fighting weight is always just to start measuring it. Mm-hmm. Just the act of saying, okay, I'm going to check what I weigh, not every day maybe, but every week, there's a subconscious shift that happens. I start eating better, moving better, and I start losing weight. So uh, I'm, I'm a great believer in sort of demonstrated success, and that always, always happens. So that, that's a big one for me, I suppose. That's what I think of. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? I mean, what do you, what do you think of as, when you think of measurement? Well, I was giving this some thought, and to me there are sort of four different ways of measuring and tracking things. And that's kind of what I wanted to suggest and see what other great ideas you have about this. The first one, much like you talked about with measuring your data point of your weight is tracking and valuing. And whether that's productive time, we were talking about the timing that we record on our on our devices time tracking and looking back at those and seeing what that is whether it's your weight whether it's food tracking whether it's your blood sugars whatever that value is tracking something is one way to do that recording that and looking for patterns in there the second part of measurement that's become over the last probably five six years maybe that I've become more aware of is the don't break the chain type of tracking. And this we see a lot in Apple fitness. The uh, Apple watch is a big proponent of this. People are so interested in not breaking their chain that even if they're not feeling good, they will go out and get their rings for the day. Mm -hmm. And that's a big motivator for a lot of people. There's apps such as streaks. You can set that up to measure your own thing. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I think was the one that started that movement. He used to do a joke a day and if he, he had to do a joke and he would mark it off with a big regadex on his wall calendar. And that was don't break the chain, come up with a good joke every day. It was a way of him constantly working on new material. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's where that came from. It's a big thing. There's a book that I read a number of years ago, uh, Marshall Goldsmith's Triggers. Have you ever read that? I haven't, no, but curiously, I saw it referenced only the other day somewhere else. It's a peculiar coincidence, so I shall look it out. Marshall Goldsmith uses or suggests a habit tracking, much like Baron Figg's Clear Habit Journal. I'm not sure if you've seen that in the back of it. It has basically a, a, a list of activities, habits that you want to do. It has a list of the days of the month and you can check mark or put some digit in there to hmm. figure out, did I do this on a particular day? It's a little bit of the don't break the chain, but, uh, triggers Marshall Goldsmith suggested effort tracking his way of looking at that from a psychological point of view was, did I do my best to 
do a particular activity or habit in process. And rather than saying yes or no, which is a very binary thing, if you ask yourself, did you do your best and rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10, you come up with a much more honest and positive approach. You know, let's say you're trying to lose weight and you haven't stepped on the scale all week. If you're tracking any one of these things and you just say, did you step on the scale? Yes, no, yes, no. You'll just say, no, 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 no. And it's very demoralizing. You can come out of it and just say, I'm not going to try that. Mm -hmm. If you're doing effort tracking and you say, you know what? I'm trying to eat better. And today was a rough day. Something happened in my personal life. I had a big meal and I had a couple of glasses of wine with that meal. I didn't do a good day, but tomorrow I'll get back to it and do better. You're not breaking a chain, which can be hugely demoralizing. Yeah. You can actually uh, learn from that and develop positive responses to doing better the next day. Really interesting way to do that. And then the, the final way of measurement is preventative measurement that I was thinking of. And this is something that I've dealt with with a number of years. I've got a teenager in the house. And for a while we had screen time on her devices. Um, and that's something that I use on my own iPhone and, and actually on my Mac to prevent me from doing negative things. Any other kind of measurement types that I haven't covered, Stu, that you can think mm. of? Uh, well, I suppose really it's a lot will, will feed back into, into number one there, tracking and valuing. So from a business point of view, you look at various, oh, the dangers of jargon, KPIs, key performance indicators and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've, I've had one of those days, the three Zoom meetings so far, Justin. Um, and, you know, much though I mock it, those things are incredibly useful. I mean, I was uh, at a presentation today from uh, yeah, a young guy. He's, he's younger than I am, uh, less experienced uh, in business than I am. Uh, but he spoke an enormous amount of sense today. And I'm delighted to say I'm not too old to, to learn. So I found it really, really useful. And he was digging in very deep to, to measurement because he was challenging uh, I'm working as part of the business development team. I'm a kind of plant in there. Mm-hmm. And the um, the question was, you know, how should business development measure itself? And, you know, the usual questions came back and the usual answers, oh, it's, it's about revenue, it's about this and it's about that. And he was challenging all of that and, and making people think about actually what, what the business was doing. And that sort of measurement, uh, I, I think, is incredibly important, working out what the thing to measure is. So um, if you take the, the weight example, I suppose, uh, recently lots of people have been saying, okay, you shouldn't really focus too much on weight, but you should focus on body fat percentage. Or um, I think you brought up diabetes and sugar levels. Uh, waist to, is it, was it a waist to height ratio or waist to chest, chest ratio? I don't know. The size, it, that's, that's where the bad news is for diabetes is around your belly. So uh, looking at at weight on its own is not necessarily a great way of tracking it. So I think there's lots of measurement types that feed into that uh, tracking and valuing, but it is quite important to work out which ones are are the real ones, Mm -hmm. are the ones that actually give you the most. So this this young man, Trevor, his name was, hi Trev, uh, 
the 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 thing that he was driving to most importantly was that revenue was actually a side effect if the business development team focused on another data point which i won't share because it's probably confidential then the revenue would come it would be a side effect of that and and this is to a team who i think for several years have been very focused on revenue uh, so it's a huge challenge um <laughs> and very timely given that we were talking about measurement today very true there was a local sales guy going back to this what you measure he used to have uh, two of those magnetic paperclip holders on his desk and at the start of one day he would make he had a hundred paper clips in one of those he would make one sales call mm -hmm. one no for every one of the paper clips so every time he made a call he would move the paper clip from one to the other and he would just continue that until he had made 100 calls every day mm -hmm. he was focused not necessarily on the revenue side of sales call he was focused on that activity of just putting that number of of calls out there into the world and then he became one of sort of the record salespeople around town uh, but you know those are those are things that again feed right into what kpi you're looking at his kpi was i need to make a i need to make 100 phone calls and this is how i do it mm -hmm. rather than procrastinating i can't stop until i've done this amount of work every day so yep i completely agree that it can't just be the end result that you're focused on but the the good behaviors and getting the right behaviors in to make sure that you're you know, if you're in sales, what value chain are you looking at? How do you pre-qualify your customers? Are you spending the time with the right people? All of that stuff. So interesting, but we won't get into management theory too much here. <laughs> what kind of measurement do you use? What kind, what kind of things do you track? Time. That's, that's something that um, is central to what I do for lots of reasons. Okay, I'm a consultant, so I, I don't bill by the hour anymore, um, but I, I still measure how much time goes to each client partly to make sure that they're getting value for money <laughs> um partly to make sure that i can i can justify to them say okay this is the time i've spent on your business and partly because clearly the amount of time that i spend for the money that i receive limits the amount of money that i can earn so um i do that reasonably assiduously uh, i i forget um, I'm sitting here now thinking, did I start my podcasting timer? I'm not sure I did, but um, as this is a calendar event, I can fix that. That's fine. So I measure that every day that I'm working, which would probably be five days a week, sometimes six. Um, I wear an Apple Watch. And so as you pointed out, there's an awful lot of um, stuff that goes on Apple Watch. In fact, it was what convinced me to buy one and convinces me to keep one mm -hmm. um, because it it note noticeably keeps me more active interesting um the you know the little rings thing um which is a shame because it's you know i've got lots of really nice timepieces that look far nicer on my wrist but I, I there's a there's an element of don't break the streak there yeah what what would happen if i was wearing a normal watch i, I wouldn't get my rings um I, I might put it on the dog. That, that might be a thing. Get the dog to wear the Apple Watch for the day um, and see if he could get all the steps for me. I, I think they'd know something was wrong if he sounds <laughs> like he's a handful. Maybe, yeah. Exactly. 35,000 steps. 
Yeah, so uh, I do track some streaks. You know, don't don't break the streak. Uh, we'll come back to to some caveats about that later. But I, I do that analog. So I keep my journal daily in the Hobonichi Teko, uh, which is a mm-hmm. Japanese notebook with Tamaya River paper. It's a wonderful thing. It's A6 in size, but because the paper is so thin, you can get a year and a very comfortable sort of journal size that just slips into my laptop bag, no problems. And I use the calendar. I don't use it as a planner. I just use it as a journal. Uh, so I write in the, in the day entries, which is page per day. Uh, but I use the calendars to track uh, three things. So three things that I've focused on at the moment are 10K steps, 10,000 steps, uh, fasting, so uh, intermittent fasting, as they call it in the United States, or skipping breakfast, as they call it in Europe, and not drinking alcohol. So I'm tracking all three of those things. Now, the the not drinking alcohol is not uh, it's not a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. If I do decide that I'm going to have a glass of wine with dinner, as you say, you know, you have a tough day, whatever, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I just want to track how often that happens um, because as has been well documented elsewhere, I have a tendency to, to allow that to just go extreme. And suddenly I'll find myself, it's been 16 days since I didn't have a drink. I don't want to get to that. So there is a psychological effect. It works. So I haven't had a drink now for, I'm going to guess guess we're coming up to 20 days, something like that. Oh, wow. Just because... I, because I'm keeping the streak and because I'm marking it in the in the the journal, I sit there and I go, do I want a glass of wine with dinner or actually do I just want a water? Mm, I just want a water. And mm. it's just helping me make better decisions, I think. <laughs> so I do that. Uh, and then I meditate every day. And I am probably the person least likely to meditate. That's what I would have been elected at school, I think. But... Uh, I find it really useful. I do it early in the morning, uh, that quiet time when it's only me. Uh, I'm sometimes up before the dogs even. And that automatically keeps a streak for me and encourages me to reflect on my meditation uh, and share a quote from my meditation. There's a little sort of quote thing that I just whiz up onto my stories on Instagram. Uh, And that's, we touched on it yesterday, it's a kind of ritual that I go through in the morning just to get myself set up. And those are the four that I kind of do. The the Calm app, which I use for meditation, has uh, the ability for me to sort of track my mood, um, just do a little check-in, um, hit an emoticon and possibly write a note if I wish. I, I've got into that a couple of times, but then, I don't know, it hasn't stuck. It's not a habit. I'm not sure why I would do it. I'm not sure I'm particularly interested in when I'm up and when I'm down. I think I kind of know that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those would be the the four for me. What, what about you? What are you What are you tracking? Yeah. So I have, as you can see from the show notes, far too much complication as far as tracking. <laughs> I, I gave this way too much thought, obviously. Uh, so like you, uh, the recent thing, you know, I I put on big boy pants uh, a couple of weeks ago. And realized, huh, my my COVID weight has uh, increased more than I really. Uh, I'm no, 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 Justin, 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 Justin. It's it's 
It's not been fully understood yet, but uh, it appears that a side effect of the COVID pandemic is that clothes in wardrobes have shrunk. Ah, that's what it's, it is. Yeah, it, it's nothing to do with you. Uh, my sweatpants that I wear most days haven't. No, no, it's just the ones in wardrobe. Just the ones in the wardrobe. Yep, yep. that's it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, no, I put I put on some weight. Uh, I, I blame the 12-foot commute that I have to the kitchen now. That That is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, it is far too easy for me to, you know, get up, take a stretch break, and then come back with, you know, something that's perhaps not good for me. Uh, so I've actually started tracking my food. Now I've I've had uh, I'm on and off weight gain kind of person. I've since probably my mid twenties. I've always uh, had that battle of the bulge, uh, and normally I'm I'm pretty good, but uh, I wanted to get on get on top of that and the way that i do that is i broke out a field notes and i write down everything that i eat good bad i don't go calorie tracking or anything like that the act of writing it down for me which doesn't take very long and it actually gives me an excuse to use a field notes because hey we don't use pocket journals anymore because we're not going anywhere the mindfulness that it brings to the measurement activity, I think is a key that out of anything you could do that, that review part of it, that writing it down and then looking at it at the end of the day and starting the new day really helps you focus. As you said about your alcohol, it's not whether you do or you don't, it's just been mindful about those choices that you make. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, I'm not doing it for, I have to eat this for any particular time, just something I want to track. And, and at the end of the day, I can look back and say, did I have a good day or am I going to need to order some extra large, uh, uh, sweatpants from Amazon tomorrow? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sighing because I know exactly what you mean. Mm. Uh, this year has been a rough one. Excel spreadsheets. I do a couple of very simple numbers, but I, I review things in the app, which is certainly the biggest part of measurement. Collecting the data is great, but if you don't look at that data, what's the point? And that's where I use, I've mentioned before, I do sleep tracking just to kind of get an idea of what my energy level is going to be like. And related to that is time tracking. I do time blocking Mm -hmm. and what I want to look at is how successful were those time blocks? Did I get done what I wanted to do or did I find myself on Amazon spending three hours researching the the best uh, extra large track pants for me, or was I actually productive? And I do a very quick review and I just keep a very simple list in Excel. I'm, I'm an accountant. What can I say? I like Excel uh, for spreadsheets and tracking and things like that. It's the tool of choice. Probably could do it in a notebook, but I like having the trend lines in there. I could do a quick and easy graph and I can see where my trend lines are. Uh, particularly looking for exceptions on that. You do some time tracking as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, much like you, I'm I'm looking really at um, productive hours. I'm interested in the ratio, so where my time is going, mm-hmm. uh, because um, it's that word again, isn't it? Multi-potentialite. Those different elements of my working life need to be balanced. Um, and I have a tendency to drift towards one or the other because they're more fun. Um, and, but I have to pay attention to what, uh, what pays for the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know who, I know whose turn that is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I look at that and I look at, yeah, as you say, the sort of percentage of, of productive hours versus unproductive ones, which is why I'm so opinionated about when people say to me, I work for eight hours a day. And I think, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> you sit there for eight hours a day. You yeah, don't work yeah. for it. You, you may get paid for it, young man, but that's not the work you do. Mm-hmm. What, what do you use for tracking time? Uh, I use uh, Timery, uh, which is a little app that sits on top of Toggle. So Toggle is the actual service. Mm-hmm. And Timery is an additional app. So Toggle, you, Toggle on its own works fine. It's just a bit awkward to use, uh, and Timery is not awkward to use. It's very easy to use. So I use that. Uh, I do it all on my iPhone, never anywhere else, um, just because I'm, I'm terrified of having things getting out of sync. And now that I work on um, different platforms all the time, uh, just yes. my phone is where it is, and I miss things. You know, they're, they're at the end of the day, part of my closed down routine is look at that and go, okay, so either I've done 20 minutes of productive work today or I've forgotten something. And generally speaking, you know, if you do it there and then, you can, you can go back and you can get close. So I say, I don't think I've started a timer for podcasting, but I know what time we started because it's in the calendar. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? You, you use a, an automatic machine system thing yeah uh, and that's why i wanted to kind of talk about this because i know we both do it but we approach it from completely different angles now i'm i'm somewhat lucky because i work on uh, macs Uh, i have a couple of macs that do all of my production work on it whether it's jobby job or hobby job and the app i use actually collates the timing from every mac device that i use which is really important for me. It's an app called Timing. There'll be a link in the uh, show notes for that. And it is an automatic one. It has some programmability to it, which works really well for the way I work. For example, if I am doing jobby job related activity on a Mac, I have I know I'm going to hate saying this word, but I have Google Chrome that I do all of my work mm-hmm. online uh, access from. I use Safari for personal. So I can quite easily break down when I'm doing productive work and when I'm doing personal work. If I'm going on Amazon, that's in my personal Safari. And I can see that. And I can even see what uh, website I was on and for how long, which is an eye opener, believe me. Uh, I like the fact that I don't have to do anything special to it. I've got rules set up. If I'm in Outlook, that is work email. Whether it's productive or not, it's a whole different story. But it is actually a work email that is part of my my time that I have to be accountable for. And I can do those. I can assign those to projects if I've got meetings, uh, in-person meetings, or socially distanced meetings as they are nowadays. I can go back in and fill in those time blocks, but I think it's important at the end of the day, I actually usually do it as part of my routine the day before, go back and I review my timing from the previous day. I fill in any blanks that I've got. And like you, I I look at what my ratios of productive time versus unproductive time are. And I also want to see that compared to what my time blocks were. So I've got my journal in front of me. Here are my time blocks and I can actually see on a timeline this is what I was doing during those times. Does it correlate to what I should have been doing based on this particular uh, activity that I had scheduled? That, so it's a, it's a great way to also 
help improve your time block planning because you can actually get a much better idea of how long things actually take. Sometimes they take longer than you thought. So you can adjust your time blocks in the future for similar tasks and also to look at your distraction. Hey, I got done here and I spent, you know, this amount of time doing something silly. So it's a good way to do it. And I like the fact it's automated. And I like the fact it's there. The disadvantage to automatic timing. I don't have any idea what is on my phone which I handle a different way. So that is certainly a concern. I also don't like touching my phone in between work, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That is a distraction for me. It's usually on the desk, but uh, I, I don't like having that distraction. And when you were talking about the Apple Watch, uh, I've actually, I use my Apple Watch for an alarm clock because it taps on my wrist and it doesn't actually make a... Uh, a noise it just wakes me up so i use it for sleep tracking and i use it for an alarm clock and then i don't actually wear my watch during the day the tapping a few weeks ago we were talking about something in your system was making a dinging noise even though you couldn't figure out what it was that was getting through all of your mm -hmm. the apple watch is like that there's always something that taps on my wrist and takes me out of whatever I'm doing and drags me back to looking at what's on my, on my wrist. I can ignore my phone. You know, if that I, it doesn't beat because I don't have anything set up, but should anything, you know, somebody actually make a phone call, it's easy for me to ignore it. If I'm doing something important, when I've got a persistent tapping at my wrist, I, for me, I couldn't ignore it. I had to look and that was distracting. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in terms of streaks in a minute. Okay, one one question for, for for me about timing. Now I'm I'm sitting here at my Mac now. I've got two monitors set up. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, well, I don't know, maybe eight or nine apps open. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are are working. So you know, GarageBand is recording, for example. Um, what does timing make of all that? What how how does it work out what I'm doing? It just records all of it, or? Uh, yeah, it records it. I think it goes by what you're focused on. So I'm just actually pulling it up uh, as we're recording here. Let me take a look and see what we're doing. So today I have, um, just looking here, what it's got. So interestingly, because I'm recording in the background and I have a notes program on to look at our show note, mm -hmm. it is actually pulling that I am looking at the show notes. That is the app that is pulling focus. However, the path actually is going to the correct place because it knows because of my calendar, what task I'm doing during this time, because I have it scheduled. Mm-hmm. So whatever your focus is going to be on, uh, I had some time a few minutes ago on signal, which is us getting ready. I've got some time on logic, which is me setting up and testing for recording. So whatever app that I have the focus on is what has been recorded. And that's primarily what I'm doing. If I'm, if I'm listening to music in the background or God forbid, a podcast on Apple podcasts on, on a Mac. Um, I'm not sure who would ever do that, but I hear it as a thing. It will actually pull that up and tell me what I'm, what I can see there. Okay. Um, that I'm, that I'm only working on the Excel sheet that's in front of it or the notes program that's there. Uh, 
Uh, and it's very easy just to change the project because I have this assigned to a project and what I can, what I'm actually working on, I have a task that I can put in there mm -hmm. and also your calendar as well. Okay. So it's a, it's kind of a neat thing. I'm happy to share some, uh, screenshots with you if it would be useful. Yeah, for sure. That'd be really good. Cool. All right. Um, one of the other things I track and you had mentioned this about your com app that it has a mood tracker in it. Hmm. And when we went into lockdown out here, um, I found it quite disconcerting at first to work out uh, all the complex feelings and having everybody home. Certainly, you know, I, I don't mind working from home. I've done it for years, but having everybody else home was a change, a significant change for me. Um, and I heard about an app, I think I heard it on the productivity show and it's an app called Dailyo. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. No, I haven't. Uh, it's a subscription. I, it's not a terribly expensive one. It's on my iPhone and what it does, it allows me to reflect at the end of the day. I have an alarm come up at uh, 10 to or five minutes to nine at night that says, how did your day go? It gives you five mood choices. Are you feeling, did you have a good day, you know, a, a medium day or a bad day? And then you can define what activities you did during that day that may have contributed to whatever you're feeling. So for example, if I worked from home and I didn't talk to anybody, if I talked to my friends, if I spent some time on a date with my wife, which is one of my little buttons that unfortunately in the last year hasn't been hit as much as I would like because we don't go anywhere. Um, those kind of things are in there. I use it for tracking what I ate. I use it for tracking. Did I drink alcohol today? Did I eat healthy? Did we pick up food from a restaurant? Did we eat junk food? Did we cook at home? Uh, did I drink enough water? Did I exercise? Those kind of things I can track. And then I can look back at each one of those activities and look for the correlation that, Hey, you know what? If I exercise, I usually feel better during the end of during the day. If I don't talk to anybody, I feel less good about myself. You can, you can look at those and see where the patterns are. And I think that's been interesting and it, it does have a little bit of that, uh, streak thing going to it. it you want to continue to put in the the data points even though they may not have the value as when you're first exploring that and it's more i don't want to stop because i find there is occasionally you know the useful correlations in there i've certainly worked out some of the things that uh, are triggers for me one way or another mm-hmm is that similar to how uh, Calm works? It can be, yes. So you, Calm is very much more freeform. Um, I mean, I've done, uh, I've experimented with a couple of apps around this. So uh, Moleskine or Moleskine or Moleskine or whatever you want to call them, um, they have an app called Journey, which is a sort of journal come calendar, come task manager. I mean, it's all the whole kit and caboodle. Um, it's got a free trial, so you can have a look at it if it's uh, if it sounds like your sort of thing. As as you might imagine, it's got a it's got a very nice analogy feel to it. Um, mm. Does it still have crappy paper? <laughs> no, the paper is uh, identical to the all the other paper on your computer. 
Um, so it's 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 a nice app. It's beautifully designed, but for me, it didn't work out. I mean, there's there's an abundance of apps in this space. You know, day one is a fantastic app, for example. But if if like me, you record everything on paper, then it becomes very you know a duplication to to do it all online. So Calm is quite free form in that you can put as much data in as you would like to. I don't think it's as um, guided as you suggest Dailyo is. And like I say, I didn't really find it was much use. I I used one for a while called Stoic, which asked me to do a sort of morning check-in and a, an evening check-in. And I said that became quite an interesting exercise in itself just just doing that and putting that regularity in place but it, i was falling into that trap that you highlighted earlier i was recording data for the sake of recording it and then not doing anything with it mm-hmm. so um i don't know i think i'm a very simple creature my my moods tend to be um if if i'm not in fine form there's usually a very identifiable reason for that uh, I'm I'm one of life's uh, annoyingly sort of content people most of the time, uh, so I I don't really get a lot of use out of it. But I can understand. Um, I, can, I think I think my wife would benefit from doing this, which is probably that's treasonous to say that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there are times that she probably doesn't understand why she feels the way she feels, um, and that this might be something that would really help. Well, perhaps I'll find a find a brave moment to talk to her about it. <laughs> uh, yes, maybe after the glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get a glass of wine inside her at least. Um, yes. I'm I'm interested in what you say about the the clear habit tracker, the Baron Fig one, because I, I, I've got one behind me. Um, again, as as we've touched on before, I've got quite a lot of notebooks, um, but uh, I'm pretty sure there's a there's a habit tracker there. I should uh, perhaps have a little look at that again. Yeah, in the back of that, there is a, I think there's 12 months worth of habit trackers. Mm-hmm. And they, they are useful, but there's a certain point where you can track too much. And what I found was uh, more, probably like you were doing with your journaling, you, were doing, you, you didn't have time to do anything else because you were journaling about the things that you had to do. Mm you can become that way with your habit trackers and your measurement tools. Sure. I did use, uh, Marshall Goldsmith triggers in the habit tracker, which worked really, really well. But again, you get to a certain point, kind of like Dalio. Uh, if I really stop and think about it, is there still value in it? Maybe because of the way I've got it set up and it takes almost no time for me to quickly, do an entry in that the habit tracker took a little bit longer time to grab and write down. And I found that I I wasn't getting the value out of it for what I was putting into it. But if you do have, or need sort of a habit tracker, it's a great one to use. Yeah. You could do the same thing, make up your own template on a Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet very easily as well. Uh, I've kind of migrated what I was tracking there largely into the Dalio, which is kind of my primary one for the moment. Okay. Good. I mean, this, I'm, I'm getting lots of homework again, Justin. There seems to be a, a trend emerging here. So I've got to look up that Marshall Goldsmith book. Have a look at Dalio. 
exciting. At least I'm not making you buy another notebook this time. But it, indeed, the, I, I've got the notebook for, the, for that bit of homework. I can check it already. <laughs> that is actually a beautiful notebook, too. Mm, yeah, that, that makes some wonderful stuff, doesn't it, Perfect. Yeah, it was, uh, w- the, the collaboration was just fantastic. Uh, I have the matching pen to go with it, the Squire pen that they came out with for the Clear Habit as well. Oh, what color was that? He said going it's, off the tangent. <laughs> it's, it's a sort of a goldy, orangey color, a coppery almost. Um, but yes, it's, it's got the little triangular habit tracking logo on it and just very well designed. Ah, anyway, you know, it's a pen. It's a pen. At the end of the day, it's a pen. Yep, for sure. Yes. Um, and, and it's a, uh, got the, the Schmidt, um, refill in it. That is a favorite of retro 51 users. So it's, it's just a really nice design pen. We've talked about it before, but anyway. While we're on pen like tangents, I have to say that, uh, Nero's notes, um, after your recommendation now has Lamy Safaris. Oh, uh, both the terracotta and the savannah. Oh, beautiful. There you go. Excellent. Um, it's our first f- foray into the world of Lamy. Um, I suppose you could say that Nero's notes has in some way benefited from the pandemic because Lamy has, has looked at its retailer policy and gone, Oh, that's not a very good idea. <laughs> um, because they, they, they were very much focused on, uh, bricks and mortar high street. Yes. Yeah. Um, and clearly that's not worked out very well for them this year. So, uh, we've now got, a, a range of Lamy stuff in the store. So I'm quite excited about that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Have you, uh, managed to, uh, get one as a sample in the Claire package yet? I'm being very, very kind to Claire. Um, she's, she's getting exactly what she wants from everything. And I'm hoping that the next Claire package will in fact include a couple I've got, um, one of, one of the, uh, limited editions. I'd like to have a little go with that. And I've also ordered, uh, a slightly more upscale Lamy, uh, for myself to play with. Mm, which, uh, one's that? One of the mid range ones. I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but, um, it just, I, I wanted to, I've got the 2000, mm-hmm. uh, which is close to the top of their range, I guess. Um, and I'm, I've got the Safari on the way, which is the entry level. And I thought I'd try and get something in the middle just so I can mm-hmm. get, a, get a little understanding of the brand. Yeah. There's uh, actually some really neat ones in the mid range. Um, we, yeah, we'll, we won't go into too much of a tangent today on that, but, uh, yeah, yeah the, uh, I'm just trying to think there's one with a metal grip that has the propeller designer and the words, the name, uh, avoids me at the moment, uh, but it is a lovely pen. I've got several of them in different colors because you know, that's how you roll. You have to have lots and they use the same nibs as a Safari. So they're easily, mm-hmm. uh, switchable. If you want to have, you know, different, different, uh, sizes, you can pop it in and try something different. Cool. Back to, uh, measurement, uh, streaks, uh, you don't use, you do streaks in a notebook, right? Yeah. I downloaded streaks, um, used it for a while, started sitting around, spending my time thinking of things to measure, uh, things to track and sort of caught myself and went, okay, I'm, I'm trying to create something here. You know, I'm creating for a, a solution for a problem I don't yet have. So, uh, I sort of backed away from that. That's my my character floor of going, Oh, look streaks. Let's, let's measure everything. How many times I, I get up during the night? How many times I, mm-hmm. uh, eat lunch? You know, I mean, just stop. Yes. So, uh, no, I don't use it anymore. 
I use that with, it's the one app that I use a widget for. Okay. And I have the widget actually on my homepage. I only track four things, exercise, water intake, eating healthy, and no alcohol. Uh Uh, My no alcohol is very much like yours. It's not that I don't drink alcohol, but it is extremely tempting to sit and have a nightcap every night, uh, you know, and read a bit of a book before I go to bed. And uh, that just adds calories and adds to my uh, expanding waistline problem, which I'm trying to avoid uh, having to buy a new wardrobe when the world opens up again. So uh, that's, those are very simple ones for me. They're not something I'm particularly worried about um, breaking a streak for. They're good suggestions for me, but I'm, I, I'm not too motivated by the whole streaks. Uh, the Apple watch cured me of that actually with, with the rings. Mm-hmm. I had done a whole bunch of stuff and then, you know, how I don't know if your Apple watch does it. Maybe it's cause I have tattoos. Uh, occasionally the Apple watch wants me to reenter a password uh, yeah. while it's on my wrist, which, uh, and at the end of a day. I lost my streaks because the Apple watch hadn't recorded all the stuff that I had done that day. And I hadn't looked at it to see why it wasn't tapping on my wrist as annoyingly as ever. And after that, it was like, okay, well, why am I bothering with this? Because there's no way to go back and fix it. It's just done. Oh, you can go back and fix it. I didn't think you could back in the day when I, this was, uh, Apple watch three. So three, four years ago, something like that. Um, I, and I couldn't find a way to do it and I gave up. Yeah. That, they um, don't make it easy. <laughs> yes. but ways can be found. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure they could. And I just, I didn't have the energy to deal with that. For sure. And it's funny streaks. Do, do you find streaks to be a motivator or a demotivator if you lose a day? Um, I, I intentionally break all my streaks. Okay, good. Um, because I, I don't want to allow. Uh, yeah, my, my character, my personality is the type that will be very, very upset if I lose a big streak, <laughs> even though I proclaim no interest in them. So the reason that these developers put them in is because, you know, it's appealing to the psychology that there is, this is how we work. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think for that reason, I find them dangerous. Yeah. Um, that you can sort of just get to a point and you go, oh, um, you know, uh, I, I recently had the first vaccination for, uh, well, vaccination for uh, vaccination against COVID-19. And so felt, um, a little bit under the weather, but fluey, if you like. Hmm. Um, and I could see, okay, well, I, I need to, I need to, to go for a swim. I need to go for it. Hang on. I don't feel like going for a swim. I feel terrible. So actually I'm not going to go for a swim. And if, if your desperate need to get your calorie count, your movement count, your exercise, whatever it is you're going for, is making you do things like that, I just think, okay, this is out of control. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to break the streaks. I'm, I'm okay now. <laughs> At the moment, it, you know, it doesn't bother me, but I, I do know in the past I've been become obsessed by it. I mean, I think everybody's got stories about walking around their house at 10 to midnight, desperately trying to get over some sort of step count or... Mm-hmm exercise goal or something I mean, it's just nonsense yeah the best thing they ever did was uh, adding yoga as an activity yeah exactly yeah or um uh, meditation i certainly find there's a pro and a con and again my 
My personality style is I'm going to go nuts on it. And if I break it, I'm going to be so mad at it, particularly if it's I break it because of something crazy like you're actually legitimately sick. You're not going to be able to do it. Or, you know, for some reason the app didn't record something. I, I found myself to be emotionally reactive to it. And I thought, you know, that's not a good, a good place for me. So I've kind of got away from tracking a lot of things and the things I do track, I'm, I'm okay with them, with breaking them. They're more of a reminder than they are a streak as such, but that app would be widget works well for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember one for me was, was flying, you know, long distance flights, <laughs> which caused me so much anxiety. How am I, how am I going to get my steps? How, how am I going to do it? Yeah. Especially with time yeah. changes and everything like that. I can't st- stand up all those times in a day. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, do you use any screen time built in, uh, limits on your devices? I'm curious. No, hmm. no. Um, I, I, I understand why they're there. Um, but I honestly, I can put my hand on my heart and say, this is never something that's worried me. Um, if, if I'm looking at my, uh, for the sake of argument, Twitter, uh, it's because I want to look at Twitter. Seldom do I find myself sort of losing time. I, you know, I hear stories about people, oh, I only went in for two minutes and I was gone for four hours. Um, it doesn't happen to me. Um, possibly because the people I follow aren't interesting enough. I don't know. So no, I, I don't um, use screen time. Um, I just use my own sort of time blocking and my own routines. There, there are times that I put aside for checking social media because I, I have to do it um, for some of the worky stuff. Um, but no, I don't use screen time. Do you? I do actually. Uh, and this is a fairly recent thing. It came out of my analysis of my time tracking. Okay. So this is, this is where you learn all kinds of stuff about yourself. And I'm in the process of contemplating a move. And because of that, I've been trying to declutter some of the stuff around, which one tends to do when you've lived in a place for too long and you realize, huh, I've got all this stuff that I'm not using anymore. And so I listed a bunch of stuff on Facebook marketplace. Yes, I hate Facebook, but, um, you know, I, I, it's the, it's where the people are. If you want to get rid of stuff, it's the best place to do it. And I realized the other day I had spent uh, an hour and a half on Facebook during a day mm-hmm. because of tending this little garden of uh, useless stuff, checking in to see, has anybody messaged me about this stuff? And so I went in and I went, you know, why don't I just put artificial limits on there? And so I actually uh, put, I don't have Facebook because scary what they do, um, on my phone, but I added screen limit times to my phone and also to my applications on my computer that I can look at them, but I have to block them. I've got 20 minutes a day on any one platform. And I figured if anybody's trying to get a hold of me on Facebook, if they don't get an answer, they can wait till the next day. That's fine. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, re- I really was uncomfortable with the fact that I had lost an hour and a half that day on Facebook. Um, and, you know, I can make justification for it, but the fact was that I hadn't noticed it. And that was the part that scared me is not noticing that you're on it. And that was a bit of a wake up for me. Now, screen time for me is not something that's big and scary or, com- you know, complicated to do. 
Um, I got my, well, I handed my old phone down to my daughter when she was 13. And as any good parent will do, you're going to make sure that uh, a young child with access to the internet has appropriate um, limits to make sure that they're safe. Uh, and so I had installed at that point some screen time. And so I'm quite familiar with it. And it's just a way that I could do it myself. Not that I need to. There's a little button on it that says, hey, you've, you've hit your limits. Would you like more time? And I could easily say yes if I do need it. But the awareness of it so that I don't ever come back to my computer and say, geez, where did that hour and a half go? What did I get accomplished on that? That was too much. So that's why I do that. I was just curious if you do anything like that or if it's, if it's a good idea or not. Yeah. I, I think you know yourself, don't you? If, if you come across something like that, you go, oh, wow, <laughs> that's something that I didn't see coming. Then why not use the tool? That's what the tool is for. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious if other people use anything different for tracking or, you know, uh, whether they use screen time or if it's just something weird that I do. Hey, I do a lot of weird stuff, so it's all good. <laughs> I wanted to share a parting thought, uh, from James clear, the author of atomic habits and the, uh, co-creator of the aforementioned clear habit journal from Baron fig it was in his email newsletter. And I thought it was actually really interesting I, and pertained somewhat to the topic. His, his question is if I keep doing what I'm about to do today for the next five years, will I end up with more of what I want or less of what I want? And I thought about that and went, it really does give one pause to look at what you're doing, how you're doing it and where you're going to be in five years. And this is part of the reason to me, it spoke to the productivity mindset, focusing on what you want in five years or 10 years or, you know, whatever that is, will checking your email get you to where you want to be in five years? Any thoughts on it? I, I think it's a good question to ask. Um, you know, it's one, uh, not exactly that, but the same, you know, the same driving point, uh, that I ask all the time about the various projects that I'm doing. I look at, you know, why am I doing this? What, why am I putting time, effort, energy, uh, creativity into this particular thing? Is it something that, uh, is bringing me, uh, closer to where I'd like to be? Um, and I think that's important and you can get into the whole, you know, saying yes, saying no. Uh, I'm reading uh, one of the books that you recommended to me, um, Work Doesn't Have to Be Crazy, by the guys that, uh, I call them the Base Camp Boys, mm -hmm. which sounds a bit like an 80s boy band, but um, <laughs> the, um, Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen. And, and they write very opinionated books, much like the, the software, um, very short sentences, very sort of Sermon on the Mount stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, 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 there's a great chapter about, you know, saying yes um, opens you up to, takes away a lot of opportunity. Because once you've said yes, then you're doing something. And that means that the, the next opportunity you'll miss. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be, be firm about saying no, because saying no means that the next day is full of opportunities. So some interesting ways of thinking. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a very good way of looking at uh, the productivity mindset. <laughs> you had a caution that you wanted to mention. Yeah. The thing that happened to me around tracking was that I became so enamored of it. It's, it's much like task lists to a certain extent. I, I got sort of sucked into measuring for measuring's sake. So 
you made the point very early on in the discussion that there's no point in measuring things unless you're then going to review and have a look at what that means Mm -hmm. and how that helps you and whether you want to change or adjust anything. Um, I had got to the point where I could say, look how productive I've been. Look at the things I've measured. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Measure the things that you can then amend and adjust to uh, impact you positively, to make you feel better about what you're doing. Um, So that that was my little caveat. Um, I've got no problem with things like streaks. I've got no problem with things like Apple Watch. Um, Just be aware that um, if you want to, in my case, for example, lose weight, it doesn't matter what color the rings go. (laughs) (laughs) What matters is whether I'm, you know, moving more than I'm, uh, burning more than I'm taking in. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I completely agree. And I know for myself, my measurements probably will look different in another year. What, what apps I'm using, what, uh, questions I'm asking myself, what I'm tracking, you know, when you're at home in a sort of COVID related, um, lack of activity, the things you have to look at are going to be different than when you're out and about and life resumes, whatever that normal is going to be. And so I, I need to spend some time focusing on things at the moment. I've you know, the Baron Fig's clear habit tracker. I've used it. I enjoyed it. I got what I wanted out of it. And then I moved on to something else, something simplified. Make sure you're reviewing it. If you're not doing it for uh, a reason, is it worth what you're doing? And maybe it is, you know, my streaks, they're not necessarily about reviewing it for me. They're about mindfulness. You know, what am I doing? Am I measuring it? Am I reminding myself that these are what I would like to have every day in an ideal day. And, you know, I'm making the choices whether or not I'm going to use those. Uh, some of them are more useful than others, but uh, don't spend too much time on it. Then it's worth as well. You know, make sure the value is there and the value may be there today, but ask yourself a month from now, three months from now, is it still there? Just going through this conversation. I got to have another look at Dalio. I think it's still there, but I'm going to spend some time thinking about that because I want to make sure that I am still getting that value out of it. So very, very good, um, cautionary tale to explain what we've got to be careful of just the act itself. Absolutely. And do you have a, do you have a takeaway? Do you have one takeaway? What's the one thing that the listener should maybe take from this? I haven't got a takeaway for this week, actually. I hadn't thought of one and I've got nothing on the fly. I think yours is uh, very well uh, put. Do you want to give your takeaway? Sure. Really, really simple. Track your time for a week, just one week, and see what you learn from it. And you don't have to, to buy an app. You can. You can probably do a week of a trial for some of them, I think. But you can do it with a notebook. Just jot down where your time goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you do only do hour blocks, then track your time for what you'd be astonished what you learn. Or I, certainly I was astonished what I learned. Yes. How much time did you spend on Amazon looking for extra large sweatpants? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I couldn't yes. possibly comment. Uh, well, uh, yes, uh, you guys don't wear sweatpants over there. That's for us cold climate people. <laughs> yeah, we're now in shorts weather, but yeah, it was sweatpants for much of the lockdown. You're right. Yes. All right. Excellent. Where can people find us on the internet, Stu? 
Uh, well, I can be found at nerosnotes.co.uk or my own website, stuartlennon.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at Stu Lennon, if you like. Uh, you can find us both at stationreadjacent.com. Um, what about you, Justin? Where can people find you? You can find links to everything I'm doing on justintwyford.com, which is fun to spell, but if you look into our show notes, you'll get a link there. Uh, you'll find me at Right Experience. That's where I write about stationery. Our show notes for this episode, stationaryadjacent.com slash episodes slash 007. We're getting there, Stu. One week at a time. Uh, please like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Next week, we're going to take a deeper dive in the analog tools that Stu and I are using. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, sir.